You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is Views is from Mid Street. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another rousing edition of the Views from Mid Street podcast, the Monday edition, which of course is the day that we take a look back at the weekend that was in Carolina Panther football. My name is Rob Brown, the host of the Rob Brown Show from 9 to noon on the Fan Upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, the home of your Carolina Panther talk in the Upstate and, of course, right in the heart of Panther country. And, of course, uh, joining me, as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, the great one, Lonzo Reitzel. And, you know, Zoe, I said the, uh, the last thing, on well, the first, the last, and the middle thing, that I said on Friday was do not let the results of this game dictate your optimism, positive or negative about the direction that this franchise is heading in. Uh, There were some really good things that came out of this game on Sunday afternoon against Lamar and his Ravens. And then there were some not so good things that come out of this game against Lamar and his Ravens. Um, I think the performance was kind of what I thought it would be. It was okay offensively, could not finish drives. Welcome to Carolina football. Uh, Defensively, I thought that we really prevented Lamar Jackson from ever finding any comfort level against us, which is something that a lot of of other teams have failed to do. Uh, I, I think this game showed exactly what I thought it would be, which is that Carolina is a team that is very close, but not quite ready to compete with the big dogs in the league yet. All right. So I uh, disagree with you to a certain degree. Three quarters of football were excellent. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, if I recall, it was only six to three. What a, you know, normal defensive struggles or defensive games are boring. I didn't find this game boring at all because you knew it was going to be one thing that would break it open for one team or the other, and I think it could have went either way. I thought Carolina's defense played excellent. I do have some advice for Shai Smith. Stop skipping the gym. Go in there. Start doing some work on, work on your arms, work on, work on your core, work on you know the things you need to secure that ball and this is a totally different game because Shy not being in the weight room is the reason why Carolina lost this game. I mean, I know they got one. I know they got a really good facility. You know, you can sneak out the back. I used to do the same thing. That's why my arms are flabby. You need to get in there. You need to you need to do some toning. 
You need to do some strength. You need to get that stuff in there. And maybe, you know, you need to do the old college drill, the old high school drill, the old peewee football drill and have to carry that ball everywhere you go. And if someone knocks it out, then you got to go do some laps. They are, uh, they're not just beach muscles, shy. Five points of contact, buddy. Like, hang on to the rock. No, I, uh, look, we got to the end of the third quarter in this game. And the score was 3-3, right? Like, my take on Friday was, if you win this game, we celebrate it for a very long time. If you get blown out in this game, so what? Who cares? Like, that was the expectation. And if you play a really close game, you walk out of there with a couple of lessons learned, right? Like, here are the things that worked. Here's what kept it close. Here are the things that went uh, sideways at the end that made it a closer game than we would have liked. Uh, in retrospect, a 3-3 game at the end of the third quarter was about as good as you could have asked for, right? I mean, I, I think that as far as the offense went, Baker Mayfield, 21 of 33, a buck 96, no touchdowns, two INTs, one of them in NHA, the old, not his fault, right? Like uh, uh, an INT that shouldn't have been. One of them was. Uh, but I, I, I think that, though, most importantly, we look at the fact that we threw the ball 33 times. We ran the ball 17 times. Those 17 runs turned into 36 yards of offense. Uh, this was what I was talking about when I said our identity is our identity. Don't get away from it. I understand you had Baker back. I understand you were kind of tempted to let him turn it off, like to just let him go. But 33 passing attempts compared to 17 rushing attempts in a game that was tied 3-3 at the end of the third quarter, those numbers concern me a little bit. Yeah, but but – you're a running team, and you can't run the ball. They could not run the ball. They had to do something, and that was that was a concern of mine on Friday. What do you do with this defensive front for Baltimore that's really good who stuffed the run? And that's exactly what they did. So Baker had no choice but to throw the ball. Um, with some success, he was able to move the ball down the field some. Uh, one of those interceptions, Shy's fault, again, um, I, I don't know what else they could have done differently. Would you rather them run the ball another 15 times and get it stuffed? I, I mean, when what you're doing is not working, you got to do try something else. I, uh, I get the concept. I get the premise. But yes, yes, I would have, right? Like I, I, I would have run the ball. So, like so, so you're okay with three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out because – you tried to run the ball, you got one yard. You tried to run the ball, you got a half a yard. Tried to run the ball, you got tackled in the backfield. I, I mean, after a while, they know you're not going to throw the ball, so they just bring everybody up. I mean, I but I, I guess that's what I've gone for, except for that didn't happen, right? Like, I never felt like, even late in that game, I never felt like it got to a point where the run wasn't successful because they were putting seven or eight or nine in the box and daring us to throw it. I felt like they were running a base defense and it worked. And again, as I said on Friday, this is going to go down as one of, if the, if not the 
best rushing defense in the National Football League, I knew it was going to be a grind. I knew it was going to be a tough sled for a rushing attack into the teeth of this Baltimore defense, but it wasn't like they were doing anything other than their base defense predominantly. They were just kind of giving us looks, and we kept running into it. Uh, I, I, I get it, right? Like something's not working. Why would you keep doing it? But the answer is because it, like the passing offense wasn't working either, right? Like if they were stuffing the run because they were putting eight or nine into the box in order to stuff the run and it opened the pass game, that would be one thing. But it wasn't like the pass game suddenly opened up, right? Like it wasn't like all yeah, of a sudden we were killing it. We were less than 50% through the air. Keep in mind, and, and they they described this on the on the TV broadcast, that they put up video boards and they put up signs. And because they did that, the winds swirl a weird way inside. Because Baltimore didn't have a lot of success throwing the ball either. Uh, throwing the ball, period, was difficult because of the wind. Uh, and and those natural elements and everything. I just so so. What do you blame this on? Is this play calling, or do you blame Baker? I uh, I actually got into it with a fan slash buddy ish of mine uh, who is a big Panthers guy, and he went very heavy onto the deep end of you know at least the at least the offense looked okay when PJ was in there, and I'm like, well, like. Like, what game specifically, right? You go back to the Tampa game, and PJ had an okay game in the Tampa game. But outside of that, we did not win or lose the first Atlanta game because of PJ. We did not win or lose the second Atlanta game because of PJ. He got benched for going three of 10 in the Cincinnati game. There was no game that I place the the W squarely at the feet of PJ Walker doing PJ Walker things. We won and lost those games because Deontay Foreman got hot, right? You go back to the first Atlanta game. That's a 100-plus yard game. You go to the Tampa game. I I think he had like 80 yards in that one. All the games that we looked good in, with the the exception of Cincinnati, it all kind of of focused on Deontay Foreman. It all kind of circled back around to Deontay Foreman in the run game. Uh, listen, I, I'm not saying that had you run it 25 more times or really 25 times in total, you'd have had a much better day. But running it 17 times and throwing it 33, though, just seems like a ratio that is kind of counterintuitive based on the offense that we have been so far this year. Except for I've, I'm guessing that if you look at when the passes were thrown, they were probably... I mean, how many of those passes were thrown in the fourth quarter when uh, Shai gets the ball stripped and Baltimore scores a touchdown, suddenly they're up by 10? Then you can't be uh, concentrating on running the game because you're in the fourth quarter and you only have so much time to try to get those points back. I'm just – I'm just, and, and was Baker pressing? Yeah, because he had to. He's down by 10 points and he's trying to get them back in the game, a winnable game, and it just – it just didn't happen that way. I do, when the running game's not working and you're down by 10, you've got to throw the ball. I get that, and you're not wrong, but we ran 50 plays, 33 of them uh, were passes, right? Like that's, to me, and I could be like, maybe I'm not looking at it the right way here, and, and I would need to go back, and I probably should have done like a quarter-by-quarter quarter breakdown of run versus pass as opposed to just the overall numbers. 
you don't get to passing the ball 66% of the time just because of the fourth quarter, right? Like that's a that's a game long set of plays. We threw the ball on 66% of the possessions that we had or the snaps that we had within our possession. You don't get to a 66% breakdown, though, just because you're down in a hole, honestly, late in the fourth quarter, right? Because we we took a 3-3 tie into the fourth quarter. It took them a while to score what would ultimately become the go-ahead touchdown in that. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't throw 66% of the time because you're trailing in the last half of the last quarter. That is a conscious decision from start to finish of the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Views from Main Street podcast rolls on. My name is Rob Brown. Lonzo Reitzel here with me as well. My co-host, my partner in crime. If this is your first time listening to the pod, we would very much appreciate you uh, doing us a favor, subscribing to the pod wherever major, uh, major podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes. Yeah, is that all? Yeah, that's all. Oh, and free on the Odyssey app. Appreciate you following us and, of course, sharing us around within your social circle so that your friends, your family, all the big cats fans in your life can make sure that they are followed up as well. Uh, Zoe, I asked you on Friday, what would you constitute as a successful day for Baker Mayfield? And if I recall correctly, you said 18 completions uh, being a, a, a solid number. He went 21 of 33 for a buck 96 Two interceptions, one that was definitely not his fault, one that was. Would you say Baker has done enough for you to be confident in his ability as the starter coming up against Denver, Detroit, Pittsburgh, which are all very winnable football games? All right, so I'm not so certain about Detroit anymore. Um, Detroit, they're they're out there playing. They're not they're not being Detroit right now. They're uh, actually looking like a, a semi-winning football team. I would stick with Baker, but you know what? We haven't seen Sam yet. Put him in there. We'll see what happens. The, the thing is, with the comparisons with the people who hate Baker, and there are people who absolutely hate him, um, they're going to look at this. So you see what happened in this game? But you brought this up uh, a few minutes ago. It's, it's according to the defense that you're playing about how you're going to look. You don't know that P.J. would have looked any better. 
chances are he would have looked worse because there were some passes that Baker did make that PJ can't make. And Sam Darnold might be able to make, but PJ cannot do that. PJ is fine when you're playing a defense that you can run on. Baltimore is not a defense you can run on. We've seen that firsthand now yesterday. They're just not. And this was this was such a tight game. Other than the interceptions, I don't know how much more Baker could have done with all the pressure that was on him, with everything. And I'm talk, not talking about outside pressure. I'm talking about defensive pressure that was on him. Uh, other than the interceptions, what else could he have done? I know, throw touchdowns and win the game. But <laughs> other than that. No, I uh, listen, I, I, I don't think I can – put this on the feet of Baker, right? Or or the arm of Baker, or the legs of Baker, whatever whatever body part of Baker you want to put this way, on. Baker was sacked four times yesterday. Yes. And, and and by the way, just so we're abundantly clear, I genuinely believe and I again, this is subjective though, I think that was the worst the offensive line has looked in a number of weeks, right? Like a nut, like maybe back to Cincinnati. It was, and it's no, not. I think I think it was back to Cleveland almost in some cases. Especially, I think Icky took took a, a few steps back. I like actually don't have a problem uh, with that analysis. Uh, I, I really don't have an issue with that being the take. Uh, and, and again, as I said, like, I, I know that I kind of feel, I, feel, well, let me phrase it. I don't know how I, I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point. So, but this is exactly why on Friday's show, I said, don't take the results of the game against Baltimore as a condemnation of the team, of the season, of the momentum, of the progression their strength is 100% in the front seven defensively. We saw Jason Pierre-Paul. Pierre, uh, we saw Houston. We saw Roquan, all of whom made a difference in this game. Uh, this is why I said the Baltimore game is not a game that Carolina Panthers fans should allow to impact how they feel about the growth and momentum of this football team. Uh, Baker felt that pressure. The offensive line felt that pressure. I think the pass game as a whole felt that pressure. There was a lot that went into this game across the front that I feel like created some discomfort, created some moments that maybe we would have liked to see more. Maybe we would have liked to seen a better performance out of Baker, out of the wide receivers, out of the run game. And that can be attributed to the Baltimore Ravens having a genuinely very good front seven that we lined up against. But uh, I thought that there were some spots that the OL gave up some pressure they probably shouldn't have. I thought there were some spots that we had an opportunity to run the ball that we instead tried to force the ball with Baker Mayfield in spots that we 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 didn't necessarily need to do so. Um there's no part of this that reflects on Baker Mayfield, right? Like I saw, I saw a Panthers fan putting this all on, as I mentioned earlier. Oh, we look just like we did before Baker got hurt. Did we though? Right. Did we like, I saw Baker make some throws. I don't think PJ could have made. 
I think we saw him extend some plays, get past the line of scrimmage in some spots that PJ might not have, although that is a bit subjective. I I, I just feel like Lonzo, we kind of went back to week two, week three, as far as play calling, where we started trying to perform really above the level that the talent on the field, uh, not, not can be, but more calls for, if that makes sense. Well, I've, I've watched a couple of podcast, uh, not podcasts, but, uh, but, uh, um, what are those things that the media do, you know, those things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've wait, seen, wait, wait, wait. I need seen, to know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm on vacation right now. Okay? I know that. So I, want every, I want everyone to know that. That's why, that's why I can't think of a press conference. That's it. There it that's is. It. Hey. That's it. Which is the thing that the media do with, you know, someone up there talking to the media. Fair so enough. I got there. I went, I've watched a couple of press conferences and I've seen a couple of things that you start to see from losing teams, including, Baker calling out Shy Smith a little bit. Um, it's it's it was kind of subtle. It wasn't a major calling out. It's it's he's like I need to work with him a little bit more. Um, I know he's trying to help me, but he went one way when I thought he was going another way. Um, so he kind of blamed him a little bit. Someone asked uh, Coach Wilkes uh, about CJ, and he said, "Well, first of all, he needs to catch the ball." Um. So yeah, so so starting, starting to see see little things, and he was pointing out how how yes, he's the most talented receiver, and the problem is that he is getting some double teams and things like that. But then he said it, if I recall, twice. But when the ball comes to you, you've got to catch it. And uh, I can't remember what quarter it was in, but it would have been. Uh, if not a touchdown, but uh, some really good yardage, and he just dropped the ball. And it wasn't like it was a bad pass. So there were some some things out there. I thought Terrace Marshall looked good when he got open and when he caught the ball. Uh, there are just so many things that I think were being overly negative when this is exactly what I, I think. I think they did better than what you thought they were going to do as far as your perfect scenario if they were to lose. They lost by 10. And and those those ten points, I mean, the majority of those points were scored in the fourth quarter, the back half of the fourth quarter. That's how close this game was. I mean, this was this was a really good game for the Panthers, but it's one of those. And and Coach Wilkes also said they need to learn how to win, uh, win the close one, and they do because there have been a couple games that they could have and should have won, and they were really close games. This is how this was going into the fourth quarter. They had opportunities, but drop balls, uh, fumbles, interceptions, they hurt themselves. This very well could have been like a a 6-6 to tie going into overtime, which is what it looked like it was going to be. Oh, it 100% did, right? Like, And and for the record, if you'd have told me on Sunday morning before this game kicked, hey, Rob – the Carolina Panthers are going to lose this game by 10. I'd be like, hey, that's not bad, right? Like, we beat the spread. Good teams win, great teams cover. Like, that's the, the, the old jokey cliche we've heard for a long time. If you would have told me that these Panthers were going to cover the spread and be inside 10 and that it would be a late touchdown that made it a... 
13-3 game instead of a 10-3 game or a, or a 10-9 game or a 10-6 game, uh, I'd have been thrilled, right? The frustration of this game doesn't come from the L. The frustration of this game doesn't come from it being a close L. So the frustration comes from the fact that we were three or four big plays away from winning this game. Same with Cleveland. Same with New York. Same with Atlanta. We were three or four close games tops away from winning this game. The defense did everything they could to keep up, uh, to keep us in this game. I thought that the play calling got a little bit squirrely. I thought there were a couple of times we shot ourselves in the foot. Like I get the I get the take on DJ three catches, twenty four yards. But if I recall off the top of my head correctly, six targets in that game, which means that half of the footballs thrown in his direction ended up on the ground. TMJ three receptions, seventy six yards on six targets. Shy Smith four catches, twenty six yards. On five targets, Chuba dropped one, DJ dropped three, and Thomas dropped one. Uh, Blackshear dropped a couple. Chenault, I, th- I think Chenault was the only wide receiver that did not have a credited drop to his name. So the frustration isn't the L because, again, we're kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, the division is out of reach. L's at this point only kind of boost up our our draft pick. And I think we're third now in the draft order. The frustration is not the L. The frustration is not the close L. The frustration is that it was a close L and we can identify a couple of issues within the game that if any one of them goes differently, we probably win this football game. You know, this is another one of those things. If you, if, you were watching these two teams for the first three quarters. I dare you to say Baltimore was the better team because they are have the better record. They they really they are the better team, but they didn't look like it. That's did the Carolina play up to them? Did they play down uh, to us? No, Carolina is that close to winning some games, and they are not as bad as the record looks. And they definitely played Baltimore seriously tough for three quarters and a game like that which is a defensive struggle there's always going to be one little thing that breaks it open and unfortunately for us it was shy getting that ball pulled out yeah but again i think that is that that is one thing that we uh I'm going to say we as optimists, much to the chagrin of the great one. We as optimists, as we very clearly both are the most optimistic people you'll ever meet. Oh, without a doubt, um, we hold hands over rainbows and sunshine. Correct. We do. Find some joy, ladies and gentlemen. Find some joy. Uh, In finding some joy in this takeaway, I believed going in, it was an L, right? And and, and you want to get to a spot where you can go, okay, I don't believe we're going in as an L. Like, that's the mark that your football team has turned a corner. I believed going in that that was an L. And I was okay with it. I accepted it. The fact that it wasn't just an L, but it was such a painful L because we were right there. 
right? Without the shy fumble that turned into a turnover. By the way, he had two fumbles in that game, one which uh, one which was recovered by Carolina, but we're a, we're a fumble away. We're a tip pass at the line turned INT away. We are one, maybe two, third and real short, and we just came up an inch short of a first downs away. We were right there from beating a team that is considered by Vegas to be the fifth highest Vegas betting odd in all the land, like right there. And, and, and the reason I said on Friday, don't let this L, if we take one, break your confidence, break your optimism, is for exactly this reason, Lonzo. I know a lot of people are going to look at this team, look at this game, look at this score and go, oh, Carolina was right there, but they couldn't get the job done. Uh, this is the same Baltimore team that went in New Orleans and beat the hell out of them last Monday. We went into their house and made them reach down deep and pull something out of their guts late. I'm not saying we're a Super Bowl team, but Baltimore is, and we gave them everything they wanted and then just a little bit more. I'm so I'm not upset about the uh, I'm not upset about the outcome of this game in the least. Yeah, I I also picked them to lose, but I'm always going to be upset with the loss. But when it comes down, I I think it comes down to would you rather see them get blown out by Baltimore? Does that make you feel better or does it make you feel worse that they were so close and just a couple bad plays away again? And I don't know. I I I, I guess it's up to each individual, but I think I'd almost rather be blown out then get that close and fail at the end because everybody else is going to blame one person when it was, you know, the entire team that messed up. It was play calling. It was poor decisions. It was inability to do the things that you do best because the other team stopped you. There are a lot of reasons. I think I'd almost rather be blown out than to be this close and, and fall short. I, uh, I would not, I would not, And I'll tell you why you get the best of both worlds. Number one, we stay in a really good spot as far as draft position. And number two, it puts the league on notice. And it it, more importantly than putting the league on notice, it puts us on notice that we're real close, right? We're real. If we can do that with a three win football team this year, if we can do that with a three win football team this year, imagine what we're going to do next year with a head coach who's not interim, with a coaching staff that is solidified, with a roster that's not worried about, okay, am I going to be here next year? Am I not? What does a roster look like next year, et cetera? Imagine when we solidify over this offseason and we come into this exact same game next year with a very solidified roster, a permanent head coaching spot, and an owner that buys in and invests so it's a different look, right? This was this was a seven point game until it turned it. I should say it was a three point game until it turned into a ten point game late. Uh I I I, I get it. You'd probably rather be down twenty four at the half than end up down the spot that we were in down ten at the end of the game. But down at the end of the game to this team as it stands right now shows me the next step is right there. It's get the head coach right. It's get the quarterback right. And if you nail those two, the rest of the roster is already locked into a really good place right now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Views from Mint Street podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, I can do this. Emanating from the upstate of South Carolina. All of you gentlemen. All you gentlemen. All you Carolina gentlemen. My name is Rob Brown. The great one, Lonzo Reitzel here as well. If you haven't done it already, if this is your first edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, do us a favor. Make sure you are following us. Make sure you are liked and subscribed and you've... Uh, what do the influencers say? Smash that notification button, I think is how it goes. But I'm uh, old now, so I don't know. Anyway, make sure you get alerted when the newest episode of Views from Mint Street back off uh, or drop uh, every single week when we come back from weeks, etc. cetera. Uh, Zoe, let me ask you this one. Uh what is your reaction on Monday, right? Like, I, I, I know we've kind of gotten into it already as far as I wish this, I, would, I wish that. But when that game ended on Sunday afternoon and we saw the final score, the numbers came in officially, we heard the pressers, what was your overall reaction from the weekend for the Panthers? Well, people who listen to this podcast may not know this about me, but I'm a bit of a contrarian. And uh, because... Being a bit of a contrarian, I like it when things don't go the way that the majority of the populace believe it's going to go, just so I can look at them and grin, maybe even snicker a little bit and say, ha you were wrong. Um, I hate that I didn't get a chance to do that yesterday because I almost was. I, I mean, the fact that they play, they look like defensively, what we expect them to be all year long. I mean, there, there's been like, they would take a quarter off or there would be in Cincinnati's case, an entire half off, but they played almost, and then maybe they did. So a full game defensively. I mean, when you got field position, when they, when Baltimore has field position, they're already down in scoring after, after the fumble, it's no surprise that they get a, get a touchdown, but I I feel bad anytime there's a loss, but I thought they showed what they could actually be, at least defensively. And I'm rooting for Baker because a lot of people are not. But in the end, I don't care who the quarterback is. I mean, bring it, bring Eason back if he's going to win some games. I don't care about that. I think too many people are going, that's my guy. Okay, that's your guy. That's fine. I just want the guy that's going to come in here and win the game. I can't blame it entirely on the quarterback. Um, I can blame it on a bunch of different things. And right now I'm just mad at Shy Smith. You want to know what it is? <laughs> you know, you want to know? That's how I'm feeling today. I'm just mad at Shy. I've been covering him since he's been in high school when I was doing a, doing a, a high school a recap show, a scoreboard show at night and when he was playing for Union. And then he was in South Carolina. And, you know, and you figure like he's from this area. You want the guy to do really well. And it's just like, dude, 
no, no, hang on to the ball. And it's not like this is the first game that it's been a problem. It's been a problem. And you want to see a, a kid that you followed throughout his career, starting in high school to where he is now, stop doing some of the things that he's been doing all along and 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 progress to the point where he'll be successful and the team can be successful also. So there's just a lot of things when I look at the game. But my biggest thing is I'm, I'm upset with Shy right now. I think my, uh, my favorite thing about this season is the fact that between DJ and the chin strap uh, and, and, and Shy with a couple of drops, I'm pretty sure that by the end of this season, I might be able to organize a cage match of Lonzo versus the entire wide receiver core. They um they don't want any of this because um, at least in Shy's case, he ain't in the weight room, so I'm good. I uh I I I, I put a lot I put a lot into this. Um number one. I know a lot of people put it on Baker. In fact, I saw on Reddit that somebody said their biggest surprise of the year was that there was such a dramatic talent drop from PJ Walker down to Baker Mayfield. No, no. Uh, One day when I become president of the world, I'm going to allow myself to have a button that allows me to delete other people's accounts off of social media on their behalf. I would have done that to that individual on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I am not saying that Baker Mayfield came out and had a great game and we lost in spite of that. I am saying that if you watch that game and you put that on Baker, you're not really good at analyzing football yet, okay? Uh, I think that, and this has been really interesting, as we've gotten deeper into the year and we've had some guys that have kind of started to set up post the Matt Rule era, I think Ben McAdoo has, I don't even like to say this because I sound like I'm being sarcastic, Lonzo. I feel like Ben McAdoo has kind of overestimated his own offense, right? Like I feel like he's tried to get more creative than he's capable of, the quarterbacks are capable of, uh, or we necessarily need to, right? Like how many plays did we see Chenault go into motion and that it felt like he was the first and second read? Like Baker was just eyeing him, looking for Chenault to come open on some sort of gadget route. And the dude was just never there. Uh, I feel like the tight end screen is a really useful weapon if you're running the ball well. Wait, 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 wait. Do we have tight ends on this team? Uh, in title predominantly. Because I don't, I don't remember them being there yesterday. Maybe they were. Again, in 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 title, predominantly. Um. The tight end screen needs to be utilized as a weapon, not utilized as a comfort call, right? Like, oh, that didn't work. Go tight end screen. Like, it needs to be something that is set up, that is accommodated for, and it's not that. And then, and and Zoe has hit on this a couple of times, and I said this out loud Sunday afternoon. 
I feel like our wide receivers, specifically in this game, though, I kind of feel like they were their own worst enemy, right? Like I felt like DJ Moore is a guy that has the opportunity to impose his will on people. But I feel like he's kind of in a spot where he like he waits for the game to break for him as opposed to breaking the game, right? Like DJ Moore is a dude that should be out there turning the direction of the game based on his talent, his ability. And I feel like he just kind of keeps waiting for the game to come to him. Shy is a dude that you and I preseason were both very high on stepping out and becoming a major piece of the puzzle for the Panthers. But when you get five catches and you fumble two of them, you know, a, a, a 33% fumble rate, that's getting in your own way. And then the offensive line, which has been exceptional the last few weeks, though, when they went up against some extra pressure from Baltimore, they just kind of faltered. And all of those things combined going wrong, we still all, uh, we still lost this game by 10 points. To one of the Super Bowl betting favorites on the road, we lost this game by 10 points, which is a hell of a lot better than it was against San Francisco, a hell of a lot better than it was against Cincinnati, a hell of a lot better than it was against the Rams. This is an AFC Super Bowl contender. We went to their house, got beat by 10, and really it should have been by three. I can't help, Zoe, and maybe it's just the optimist at heart in me. I feel like we're close enough that a little bit of optimism is very warranted. I, you know, I agree, but but in the end, if you're if you're a fan of a team, still it bothers you when there's a loss. I can see the the positive things within how they were playing, especially defensively. Um, Baltimore couldn't run the ball either, thanks thanks to to the Panthers' defense. If they can shut some other teams down that uh, that are heavy on the run and force some other quarterbacks, especially some of the quarterbacks that are coming up in the rest of the season, because other than that old guy down in Tampa, there I don't. I mean, is there a a quarterback the caliber of Lamar uh, left in the season? I don't think so. So if you can shut down the run the way you did against Baltimore, you're going to be in every single game that you have left. I uh, I saw this question asked earlier in the day. We were, and, and I think remain, Lonzo, very optimistic about an offensive line that is young in parts and very established in other. And I saw somebody ask the question, why is it that the offensive line in front of PJ Walker has seemed so much more effective than Baker? Is this panic? What a dumb question. It's such a dumb question. You know why it looks so more confident? Cause they they're running the ball because when PJ's in there, They've been going up against defenses that would allow the run. Of course, it's going to make make him look better, and it's going to make the line look better because run blocking is a whole lot more fun than pass blocking because you get to fire out, you get to go out, and you get to hit somebody. As a lineman, you live for run blocking. You hate pass blocking. But if the running game is working, it makes the line look better, and it makes the quarterback look better. We have been doing this pod, Lonzo, for about 14 weeks now. That was the most offensive lineman thing you've ever said. 
I try I try to stay away from that. Obviously, well, not obviously, but yes, offensive linemen in high school and in college. So um I'm I may be a little more critical, but I'm definitely more defensive of the offensive line. I oh we know. We picked up on that very rapidly. There is nothing well, there's very few things in the world like being a pulling guard, hitting that gap, there's a linebacker looking the other way, and you just pancake his butt. There's nothing like that. So run blocking, definitely much better than pass blocking. So the reason I ask is because P.J. Walker has been sacked seven times on the year. Baker Mayfield has been sacked 19 times on the year. Now, P.J. Walker has played the Browns, the Giants, the Saints. Excuse me. Uh, Baker played the Browns, the Giants, the Saints, the Cardinals, and the Bengals. P.J. played the Rams, the Falcons, the Bucks, the 49ers, and the Bengals. Uh, P.J. Walker has been sacked half as much as Baker Mayfield. Does that concern you going forward? Uh, no, because run pass... Uh, ratio is different when he's in there. They run more than they throw. And when he's been in there, they've went up against arguably lesser defenses. Not always. San Francisco's defense is pretty good. Uh, you saw what happened in Cincinnati. He got rocked. There's a reason why he was out of that game uh, not soon enough. So Baker is playing all the hard defenses, and P.J. is not. So that's going to that's gonna pad his stats, going to make him look better uh, when it's not the case. By the way, courtesy of the uh, Raiders' overtime win this past weekend, the Carolina Panthers, Lonzo, despite a great game against the Baltimore Ravens, the Carolina Panthers are currently in overall draft position number two right now. How excited are you for that? Well, we also have talked about how bad the schedule is going forward, which means there's going to be some wins. There are. There's going to be some wins. So that two spot, probably not going to stay that way. Um, I'm not going to ask for tanking because we know how I feel about it. But, but the natural tank, you can't stop that. The natural tank. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, my new nickname, my name is Rob the Natural Tank Brown. I like it. That works it if, you're fight, if you're fighting MMA. I think that would be... That would be pretty good. Um, I, they're, okay, not folks, one. they're not going to stay at number two. They're, they're just not. No, well, listen. If we come out of Denver. You know, you know where they're definitely not going to be? Number one. Correct. They will not be number one. If we come out of Denver, Detroit, Seattle, Tampa, New Orleans, and lose out. I got to tell you, the optimism would actually decline even with the number one overall pick. There's no way. Like, let's start with Denver. Let's get the win against Denver. Broncos country, let's ride. Like, let's go get that dub, and then we'll reevaluate. But I yeah, like we're gonna where keep, we we're are. We're going to keep pounding we, that ride. That's what we're going to do. We pound that ride. <laughs> we showed some fight against Baltimore. We took them very deep into the fourth quarter in their house. That's a Super Bowl odds-on favorite by Las Vegas. Despite an L, a 10-point L, a close L, despite an L, Lonzo, I feel like there were some moments out of that game 
that as a fan, I was able to look at and go, yeah, I kind of feel like we're pointed in the right direction right now. I really do. I, I agree. Um, and they're, they're not going to lose the rest of these games. They're just not going to do that. If the defense comes out and plays the way it did yesterday, no way you lose some games. And the offense is going to play. You're not going to have as much problem running the ball the rest of the way. Is there a defense like Baltimore the rest of the way? No, there is not. So you're not going to have that problem. When you're a running team and you can run the ball, suddenly everything looks much more sunshiny. Sunshiny, yes. ladies and gentlemen. An adjective. And it works for me. We will find out if we are feeling sunshiny next week because the Carolina Panthers get another crack at a legitimate, genuine W when they take on the Denver Broncos back home on the 27th at 1 o'clock on Wednesday's edition of the show. We will take a look at our midweek transactions, our press conference, uh, the quotes, et cetera, et cetera. And then on Friday, we'll break that game for you. Uh, we'll break that game down for you. We'll not. Br- I hope we don't break the game. I hope the Panthers break the game. We will break it down for you on Friday's edition of the Views from Main Street podcast. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Yeah, pace yourself. Turkey's around the corner. And, ladies and gentlemen, before you have your turkey on Thursday, remember, have a salad. Nothing? Nothing? nothing. I really thought you were going to... Nothing? Gonna, nothing? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've, 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 I'm, my quota is done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you back here Wednesday for a Thanksgiving Eve edition of the Views from Men Street Podcast. Have a great week. We will see you then. Keep pounding, baby!